Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We have a very special guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kendall Smith. I'm 16. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, And it's a very special month. It's Pride Month. So do you want to talk about that and kind of how that relates to you and your story? Um, So I am a gay man and Pride Month was created to sort of um, show how... um, the LGBTQ plus community has grown from our past of being criminalized and persecuted for our sexuality and showing the world that like we're strong and we are fighting for equality and it's just a month to celebrate the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And so when did you realize that you were gay? So I realized around sixth grade, I had this really good friend named Jatela and she kind of introduced me to to sort of gay culture scene and I realized oh that's what I am so that's around sixth grade is when I kind of knew. Yeah and what were your like initial thoughts and feelings because obviously that's a very big um, realization about yourself. Um, So so like I had like liked girls in the past but once I kind of opened my eyes to liking guys as well it was it was kind of a big change and it kind of hit me all at once and it was very new and very like I wanted to kind of explore um kind of what I liked and stuff and so it was cool and new but it was very fun yeah and how did how did you feel about it um because I know that sometimes like society and sometimes our family and our parents they can change how we view that um and it seems like you were in a good environment with her um where she was very welcoming and open but how did you internally feel about that um, well, at first, I didn't really understand the full spectrum of what being gay in the world meant. I just kind of thought as me as being, oh, I like guys, I'm just a little different from everybody else, but it's all fine. Like, I didn't really see the negativity behind being gay in America until later. Mm-hmm. And so how did your family react? When, and I guess, kind of before that, when did you decide to come out? Was it? Uh, yeah, I just kind of Tell us about that. Um, I believe it came out around seventh grade, so kind of like a year after just kind of like my experimentation. So first I came out as bisexual to my mom because that's what I believed I was. And I was maybe trying to hold on to a little bit of being sort of normal per se. And I made this um, little analogy of like the sexualities being like islands and reality was like a boat and it just kind of carried me to the island. (laughs) Yeah. And so... um, but my mom, when I told her and, and I later came out as gay, she was very like supportive of me and just made sure that I knew that I was always going to be loved. Yeah. But um, I came out to the rest of my family um, probably a year or so later on National Coming Out Day, which is, I believe, oh. it's October 11th. And so I wrote down a little speech and I called them all that night. And all the ones that I called were super supportive and just loved me and they just wanted me to feel safe and loved. So it was pretty much a very positive experience for me. Yeah. And how do you feel like that shaped your overall um, sense of pride? Um, Uh, Yeah. It allowed me to feel more comfortable in myself and a lot. I didn't feel as, I feel like I could express myself better in my own home and 
I didn't have to hide parts of myself. Well, I still felt like I had to kind of not act as sort of gay as people might say, but act as out as I would around family. But it just made me feel able to like live my true self more often. Yeah, and were there any people um, in your family that you maybe didn't tell or that you tried to avoid telling? Um, so I actually, I didn't tell one of my aunt and uncle because our family is very Christian, but they're like very Christian. And like, I just, I never knew how they would react. And I'm sure yeah. they probably know now, but I never directly told them. And then I haven't told my dad's side of the family. My dad's side of the family lives in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's just my grandmother and grandmother and grandfather. And they're a little bit older. So I've debated telling them if I should, if I shouldn't, because I mean, I'm not sure, but I haven't told them yet. Yeah, because I think it's definitely um, this kind of you alluded to it, kind of this uh, movement of pride. It's more new age, I think. Uh, definitely. And definitely. it was, it's not something, and you could probably tell us a little bit more about like the history, um, if you want to, of kind of. Uh, how gay rights have developed. Um. Well, like before, like one of the main things that's happened is the legalization of gay marriage in America before it was not looked upon as like a legal marriage. So that was a big step for the gay community. But um, police officers, if they like saw two men or two women holding hands, they would be able to like arrest them just for that. And oh, we were just, everybody looked down on us in society. A lot of people thought um, homosexuality was mental illness and people that came out as gay and bi and everything like that would be institutionalized and treated with like shock therapy and would be exercised and all these things to try to erase the gay. And a lot of big thing is also conversion therapy where a lot of parents would send their gay children to be converted um, to straight, which obviously does not work, but um, (laughs) That was a, that's a big thing that still happens today. People send their children to conversion therapy. Yeah, and I think um, it's it's hard when we grow up in these certain, I don't know, ideas. I feel like it's hard to break out of that. And so I'm um, kind of going into that. How do you feel around kids our age versus adults? Like, is there another level of, um, I don't know, like worry or concern that you have to go about when you're talking to an adult versus a kid? Um, I feel like people, kids our age, we have so, like, we're used to having a lot of more resources, especially online. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot less stressful usually because most of them know about it and are generally okay with it. I mean, that I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of youth are more understanding of it these days. And with older generations where their history is of being of that, Um, of the LGBT community being looked down on it's a little bit more worrying sometimes and I feel like I don't mention it as much to adults because you never know how they'll react but I feel like as time goes on and modernization comes on younger people tend to be more accepting than older people do yeah and I really I really like um what you said kind of about your family because I think that a lot of times we kind of make these immediate assumptions based on maybe somebody's religion or somebody's age that they won't be accepting. Um, and so I think that that was a really cool thing about your family too. Yes. Like um, there are definitely people who use their religion and to justify the hate against the LGBT community. 
but there are a lot that go simply off the fact that God loves everyone. And so that really was their driving force to always love and support me and my family. Yeah. And I know, um, because I'm, I'm Christian too. And I think that a lot of times, you know, you see people kind of cherry pick these things. That's my opinion. Like they cherry pick. And I think that they also kind of, um, I want to say a little bit misinterpret the message there, because I think that it's all about love. And I'm, I don't know, it just made me very happy to know that your family kind of supported you and really viewed you through that. And I think that it says a lot about maybe um, our concerns that we maybe think we need to have, which obviously I'm not saying don't be cautious, because I know that it's a scary thing, but it, it was pretty heartwarming and I really liked that. Yes, I know like how you said, like, I was very fortunate to have such a loving support system in my home, but obviously it's not the same for everybody out there. There are people with parents who aren't going to be as accepting as me and like coming out is not necessarily an option for them, for them to be safe. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, You don't have to like name names, but I'm sure that you know, like some stories where maybe it didn't go as well. And uh, just kind of talk about that a little bit and the process there. Um, I just, I have this friend and um, she's gay and her dad is just very homophobic outwardly talks down about the LGBT community and she's just never been able to tell him because she doesn't necessarily know what would happen to her if he found out. And there's just a lot of people with parents who wouldn't accept them. And there are people that get literally kicked out of their homes by their parents for being gay. And that's, it's such a scary thing for a lot of people. So that's why for some people coming out is not the best decision until they're able to support themselves. Yeah. And um, I was kind of wondering about what, how you feel like that plays into like maybe internalized shame or even denial of who you really are. Um, yes. In the LGBT community, there's definitely a lot of like um, internalized homophobia just from years of hearing about them in, in an oppressive way. And so while you know and are happy and out, to be who you are, there's still that part of you inside that heard that gay people are wrong, gay people are bad inside of you. That part is always going to be inside of you, maybe um, crushing your spirit or bringing you down. But for me personally, the word gay and the LGBT community was never brought up in my family. I had no idea that that was really a thing until yeah. around sixth grade when I kind of discovered myself. Wow. And I think um, that's, that's interesting because I think that it seems now that uh, the age that people maybe realize these things is kind of younger and younger. And I think that sometimes that can lead to children feeling like it's illegitimate because people tell them that, oh, you're not young enough to know how you feel. Um, yeah. Yes, and so, definitely. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will be like, you're too young or it's a phase. And I actually, I used to listen to this sort of podcast web show, um, called the queer frontier and this guy he knew oh yes he was plug like, it um <laughs> he knew uh, he knew when he was like three years old that he was gay because he had a crush on their like garbage man so i really don't think that there's a uh, too young i think just now because there's so much more out there and gay people are more free to live their lives that it's more seen in the world and on television and media so it's kind of planting the seed in kids' minds to sort of think about, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I bi? Am I trans? And it's sort of, like you said, getting younger and younger, it seems. But I think I don't think that it's a bad thing to know. I think 
the younger you are, it's good to sort of do your research, not necessarily research, but just think about it more and then know like when you're ready, because it can almost be hard to maybe go back. I mean, not that you can't, but yeah, I don't think that there's too young of an age. Yeah, and um, kind of going off of that, do you think that um, it can change over time? Do you think it's something that's fluid or do you think it's something that's kind of innate in you and maybe takes time to discover and to truly figure out? I think um, once you get to that final destination, it is kind of solid in yourself. But on the way to that journey, like I said, I believed I was by at first. I wasn't just at the time trying to hang on to normalcy, but I, um, I really did believe that I liked guys and girls. And so I think that there's tra transition periods on the way to what you truly are. And I think that's totally okay to kind of experiment and see what you like. And there's no time period or rush to come out. Yeah, and um, I think one thing that I kind of wonder about there is how do you navigate relationships? Like obviously you were kind of young, but how do you navigate relationships when maybe you're still trying to figure things out and you're like, maybe like the girls that you dated, if you had been a little earlier, how do, how do you tell them, oh, you know, I think I might be gay without, um, you know, like, I feel like that's kind of a complicated situation. Um, I've never been, I was not in a relationship when I came out, but I feel like it's just, if you know, you kind of just have to sit the person down and just kind of tell them and be honest. Like, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things in a relationship is honesty and just yeah. being real with the person and telling them, this is how I feel. I'm sorry if this may hurt you, but this is just who I am inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say hopefully they're understanding, you know, because I think I think it doesn't mean um, that you don't love them. It's just in a different way, exactly. you know. Yeah. And so I, I think. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes just trying to get that across would maybe be helpful. And um, another thing that I was kind of wondering about was how do you feel like society makes you feel about uh, being part of the LGBTQ plus community? And especially being um, a gay male. I would say there's two very like different sides. There's a lot of praise and resources for the LGBT community that make me feel so proud of like going to the Pride Festival. Like that's such a loving experience and just surrounded by people of your community. And it just, it's a very good and it's a very surreal experience, especially your first time going. But then there are those people online and like protesters at Pride who are telling you that you're in sin and you're going to go to hell. And th that part is very scary, actually. And you kind of have to balance. You can't really, with the hate, you can't really read too much into it or else you're just going to psych yourself out and get yourself down. You really just have to look at the positive side of everything and just be positive. Yeah. And I mean, obviously at those functions, when you see those protesters, I'm sure that that's very scary, but just kind of um, going through life, like, do you have, any fear in the back of your mind, maybe like around certain people or when you go to certain places? Like, are the, is there that fear that kind of lives in you a little bit? Um, yes, definitely. Especially like I like to paint my nails and wear makeup and stuff like that. So, so it's outward, afraid, yeah. Yeah, sometimes afraid the outward stuff will catch people's eyes. And also with being half black, my skin is a, a darker color. And there's also that fear when I walk around sometimes I might like catch eyes looking at me or I have this like constant fear of like when I'm driving if I get pulled over and something bad might happen to me and that's just also something that I just kind of have to walk around with and deal with because that's just the world we live in. 
Yeah, and kind of diving into that a little bit, um, I think that obviously there is um, so much danger and so much inequality um, towards the black community. And I was also wondering a little bit about how you feel like your situation's a little bit different being both uh, part of the LGBTQ plus community and being black, kind of how those both intertwine. Um, so I've always kind of said that I was born with like two strikes against me. So being gay yeah. and also um, being black. And so, but I know one of the things that has been different for me is I grew up um, with my white mom. My dad was, who was black. He passed away when I was at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I've grown up um, sort of under this umbrella of white privilege, but in my home and around my family, there's the that white privilege. But once I leave home and I go out onto the street, it kind of disappears. So it's kind of a, it's a weird experience that is kind of still new and getting used to every day. But yeah. Yeah. And I think um, being, being mixed, I think adds um, kind of like a sense. And I know that you've talked about this and been very vocal about this. And so kind of, can you um, go a little bit into that and kind of how um, specifically being mixed has affected your perception of yourself and just your struggles? Um, so it's a very, it's a very weird experience because you either can pick to act on one race or people say you can act on both. And it's very hard to kind of decide what to do in each moment and growing up, like not necessarily always intentionally, but there was kind of the white kids would hang out together and the black kids would hang out together. And for me, I felt like I never really fit in with either group because on the outside, I was more black, I guess you could say. And on the out in the inside, I was more white. So I always kind of never felt like I fit in with either group of people. Not that you should have to, but to some degree, it feels good to kind of know your place. In yeah, the no, for sure. Especially when you're young and you're still trying to figure yourself out. You know, it seems like you were having like a lot of things that you still had to figure out. And I think that that's hard for any kid, but especially to be put in that situation and maybe not even have the, um, I don't know, like have the background to really know what's going on a hundred percent, you know? Exactly. Um, I knew that these struggles existed for me, mm -hmm. um, for my whole life, but I never really vocalized them and made them public to the people around me until this year. Um, southern word came to our school and we did a poetry unit and it really got my mind thinking about writing about my struggles and how my life is and it really got me thinking wow this is actually a thing that probably a lot of other mixed people also struggle with so that's what really encouraged me to kind of start shedding light on the issues of being mixed. yeah and um i know the southern word thing was very very beautiful so what kind of gave you the courage to write that and you told it in front of our whole school, which mind you, for those of you that don't know, our school is very big and full of very intelligent people. So <laughs> kind of talk about that. Like what really struck you as, you know what, I really want to share this. So as we did like a little exercise in class kind of, and I kind of started it and then I took it home one night and I just wrote up the whole thing and yeah. they'd announced that they were doing the poetry slam and I was like, eh, I don't know, but I went to the like little audition thing, just to try it out and then they said they really liked it and they wanted me to perform so I was like I don't know if I should do it or not but I grew up doing um, theater and I still do theater so I am really good about kind of like stage fright but like that yeah. hasn't really been a big factor for me like I've been performing on the stage since I was really little so 
that part of it, like in public speaking, that has never really been a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was a little scary being showing, being so vulnerable in front of so many oh, people. Oh yeah, for sure. But I just was thinking that if it helps maybe one person realize how they feel, if it helps two people, it would be completely worth it for me to share my story with the school. So that's what really drove me to do that. Yeah. And I was also kind of wondering, um, have you talked to your mom and maybe like what was her response to all of this? Because I think that, you know, as a white mom, um, it's kind of hard to always know all of the struggles that you have to face. And I think that's something that we're learning right now a lot as well is that we are oftentimes so either ignorant and naive or just complacent to the things that um, black people face. Exactly. My, when I read the poem to my mom, it kind of brought her to tears because mm-hmm. she didn't know that I was, she didn't know that I felt this way and that I had all of this inside of me. And she was just like, I wish you could have told me and we could have talked about it. But like, she was just really sad that like, um, she felt sorry for me that like, that I was this way. And I just had to tell her, no, it's okay. Everybody has their own struggles. And these are just my struggles. Yeah. But it was definitely kind of an educating moment of letting her know this is my reality that I face every day. Yeah, and I'm sure she may have um, felt a little bit of guilt, but I, I, it's kind of like what you were saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yes. I think I think it's, it's a special thing uh, to be educated by someone in your own family about an issue of race. I think when, when it is a situation like yours where it's something that she just can't, she can't probably even begin to fathom that um, and especially right now, um, how are you feeling right now with the scope of things? For those who don't know, this is being recorded on the 4th of June um, in 2020, and there is a lot going on right now. Um, so how are you feeling both mentally and just overall about everything going on right now? Um, my mom is, by all means, of course, um, not racist in any shape, way, or form. Yeah. But she may not be as educated on the matters of race in our world and doesn't completely understand how much yeah. of a struggle and a sadness it is for the African-American community in this time. Um, like, I wanted to go to the protest today, and she was like, no, you're not going to get into all that mess. And I just had to explain to her, like, how much it really meant for me to express my right to protest and show the world that like we won't be silenced anymore. And it's Mm -hmm. definitely, to some degree, you want to be mad at white people for doing this, but at some point you just have to stop and educate them because a lot of them just simply do not know. Oh yeah. I can can attest to that. And it's, it's also, um, I think that there's a little bit of shame, which the thing is I'm not turning this, on like me at all but I think there's a sense of shame for just being complacent I think a lot of white people are like realizing that even like even if we don't feel like a sense of like racism there's a set there's a sense of complacency with the way that things were um and I think that that's coming out as you as we get to understand more and it's awful and it's heartbreaking and gut-wrenching that it took um the lives and the things that it took to get here um, but yeah, sorry, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can continue. No, you're good. And to be honest, it's not even what I've found for me, and it's not even just non-people of color. People of color are still, we also need to educate ourselves. We don't just get a pass. We're speaking our minds just because we're African-American. We also, also, I feel like people aren't saying 
we also need to be educating ourselves on the situation and being well informed because for me knowledge is power and if we don't use if if we get the knowledge we can use that for power but if we lack the knowledge we lack power so that's one of my biggest oh i love that i love that um and yeah and i think it's it's difficult because i think your mom probably wants to protect you but yes definitely yeah but i think it, it is such a time um when we really do need to fight for our own protection um and kind of move move forward and try to um just move in the right direction and that takes that takes our power and how do you feel like being a young person gives you like power or affects your power maybe see for me um she still sees me as her little boy that just to take care of and foster and it's kind of hard to get her to realize that i'm growing up i mean i'm still young of course but i'm growing up into a young man and that that comes with a different set of um standards in the world now where I can begin to really make a difference and voice my opinions and people will kind of start to listen to me more whereas maybe when you're younger people may not take you as seriously but that's for me it's kind of this sense of almost like sheltering that she feels over Mm me which she just which also I get just you don't want your child to grow up and leave you and all that stuff but kind of just letting her know that it's okay to grow up just a little bit I'm still your child and everything but just I'm growing up a little bit yeah and I think that that's that kind of reflects on the society why sometimes people don't view youth as um maybe as at the same level of validation um for their opinions because they like to think that we are still these sheltered um young kids but I think we aren't. I mean, we see everything that's going on, especially with social media. Exactly. And like the, um, there's a protest today in Nashville and I believe it was completely student organized. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's what so I heard too. That's showing that um, kids and students our age can really impact our world and make a difference, I think is really empowering to young people to show them that they do matter, that what they feel is valid in our world. Yeah, and how do you think that um, social media has especially given young kids that power? Um, Social media gives everybody the platform to spread their views. Um, I think it's been very benefit. It definitely has its cons as with everything in the world, but it's been so beneficial in sharing information, especially with the Black, um, Black Lives Matter movement being in full swing right now. Um, it's very good to share information, to get information, to educate yourself, um, and to connect with people who could educate you or you could educate. I think it's been a very important thing that in past times without social media could have maybe gone faster or been improved or escalated with social media. Yeah, um, and kind of bringing things like a little bit to a close in a sense, do you have any, um, maybe any advice for people who feel a sense of that shame right now who are in the LGBT community, firstly, Um, and just like a Um, message for them. um, Just that you are valid, you're real, you're okay, you're loved. Um, It's maybe not right now, but eventually things will get better. And as long as you just keeping you and keeping safe and doing things that will keep you safe, and having a safe support group and people around you that love and care for you, it's all going to be okay. 
Yeah, and then um, also kind of bringing things back to the racial thing. Do you have any advice um, for, I guess, just people who are trying to get involved and trying to educate themselves right now about that, um, no matter their race, about how to educate and how to, I guess, take action too? Um, everybody takes action in their own way, whether educating yourself, that's a form of taking action. Just being less ignorant to what's going on is a big step for a lot of people. But if you can protest or donate money to um, organizations, there's a bunch of organizations out there that are accepting money for bail bonds and resources for people. Um, and just most of all, just like being knowledgeable, because like I said, knowledge is power. And if you have that power, it can make a lot of change. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You mean the world to me and I love you so much. You're the best. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. And everybody, if you could share, um, even just one person means a lot. And Kendall, do you want to plug your Instagram really quickly? Um, my Instagram is Queendle. It's K-W-E-E-E -E -E with three E's. Endle, like Kendall. And that is my um, Instagram. And that's my Instagram handle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye.